Research is underway to combat a virus that's devastated New Zealand's multi-million dollar Pacific oyster industry. Nelson's Cawthron Institute's been granted a million dollars over three years from MB's Endeavour Fund to develop a practical vaccine for Pacific Oyster Mortality Syndrome, also known as POMS. The disease was first recorded in New Zealand in 2010 and resulted in an initial loss of more than 70% of stock. And oyster farmers are still reported to be losing between 40 to 60% of young oysters, which are referred to as SPAT. Previously, a vaccine was thought impossible for shellfish. The vaccine in development would be a world first with global commercial potential. From the lab in Nelson, one of the project's co-leaders, aquaculture scientist Julian Veneer from the Cawthron Institute, and reminding you, Cawthron is New Zealand's largest independent science organisation working to protect the environment and support sustainable development of primary industries. Good morning, Julian. Kia ora, good morning. Can you explain what POMS is? I've seen it likened to the human herpes virus, herpes simplex. Uh, could you explain a little bit more about what yeah. it is, please? Sure. So, yeah, the Pacific Oyster Mortality Syndrome. So this is caused by a, a, a herpes virus uh, called Ostrid herpes virus, or OSHV1. So it is the same, uh, it, it is part of the herpes family, uh, like the common cold sore that affects us humans, but this is uh, specific to oysters, so there is no risk of getting this virus from the oysters to humans. I understand. It's more that we, uh, unfortunately, many of us know how goddamn persistent the herpes simplex is, and if you can yeah. come up with a vaccine for that, many of us would be grateful. Uh, yeah. it, it is a persistent and nasty virus, hard to hard to get rid of, impossible That's to get rid right. of. Yeah, and. Okay. Like the um, like the um, um, human herpes, um, it's it's kind of um, it's always there. And when water temperature, especially during the summer, um, this is a syndrome that usually occurs during the summer when the water temperatures are above 20 to 22 degrees. This is usually when those poor young oysters uh, are killed. So, what is the prospect even of a vaccine, given the persistent nature of this? family of viruses. What's opened the door to it being a possibility? Yes, yeah, so um, again, until very recently, we always thought that invertebrates or oysters were very um, primitive. They had a very simple, basic um, immune system. But there's been some work done, um, as I said recently, uh, with shrimps, for instance. And they've, they've exposed, um, they challenged the, the shrimps with um, subunits of a virus um, causing the white spot syndrome virus. Um, and these, these shrimps ended up surviving uh, when they were reinfected. So all of a sudden, this opened the door for like, oh, hang on, uh, invertebrates have some types of immunity and immune memory. So um, part of what of the work we're going to be doing is um, developing this um, immune stimulant, or we call it vaccine, um, to, to see how long this immune memory can last. And we have indications that it could last for several months. And what's important is that these oysters are very um, susceptible to the virus when they're young, like the spat, as you said earlier, when they're juveniles, when they grow and they're large enough, they're usually um, much more tolerant to that virus. A couple of very obvious questions. The first is that I'm trying to visualise the immune system of an oyster. Uh, you might want to explain and, and compare and contrast to a more sophisticated um, 
uh, creature. And yeah. second, how on earth do you vaccinate oyster spat? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, could you explain its immune system? Yes, sure. Um, so oysters have a um, so have an innate immune system which is um, acquired at birth. Like we do have um, innate immunity, but we also have adaptive immunity, which is uh, much more um, sophisticated. And um, these oysters, so. Um, the, the, the vaccine we, we're developing is um, is made from inactivated um, virus, OSHV1 virus. It's a very traditional way and an old school way of making a, a vaccine. It's nothing like the, the fancy mRNA vaccine like the, the Pfizer or AstraZeneca. So the and old school way is to introduce it to a live virus, a small amount of live virus? Yeah, so we, we inactivate it. So we... we the, the virus is dead, but it's maintained its structure, right. which means it can it can be recognized by the oyster's immune cells, and that can still stimulate the immune response by the oyster. But it's not synthetic. And, it is not synthetic. And then the uh, second question is, how on earth do you get it into the spat? Yes. So um, we um, with this project, we we're going to be looking at, at different methods of administering it, but... Um, Oysters, are like mussels or clams, are filter feeders, and they have um, a huge filtering capacity. They can filter up to 100 liters of seawater per day. And um, our, our plan is to um, looking at what we call balneation or bathing. So we will just um, dilute our vaccine, which is soluble in uh, seawater, mix it with microalgae, which is the, the primary food source for oysters, and we let them just filter and ingest our vaccine with the with the algal food. And this should allow us to um, to vaccinate spats are very small; they are a few millimeters. So we could do some bulk vaccination of young oysters, um, in obviously in secure land-based um, facilities and tanks. So they'll just hoover it up. Where yeah. where are you at in the research? And I don't know if you have clinical trials on an oyster, but where are you at in actual uh, research and then trials? So. Um, We've um, so we just got the, this this funding like a um, couple of months ago now, but um, we've um, we've been we've been working um, before that. We we, we had some um, some funding, um, government funding, um, through our, our shellfish aquaculture research platform, which is one of the largest shellfish aquaculture research programs in the world. We've been able to conduct some proof of concept, and we've uh, investigated the the efficacy of like we tested over 40 different vaccines and we use oyster blood cells, which are the immune cells of, of oysters. And we use this in vitro approach and we, we screened and shortlisted um, eight or 10 promising vaccines. And now we've, we're just starting in our, um, you know, state-of-the-art state biocontained uh, facility. We're just starting the in vivo challenge where we are testing these different formulations of vaccines on, on young spats and we're challenging them with live virus and seeing if they're surviving better or not. You mentioned, and again, we're, we're early days, right? Yeah. But you mentioned that the immunity might last for a few months. I don't know how long oysters last, not long when they're around me, I can tell you. Um, but from a practicality point of view, do you need to administer just once or more than once? And second, is there the possibility of um, what's called transgenerational immunity with this type of vaccine? In other words, could the immunity be passed from 
one generation to the next? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And um, yes, yeah, so we've got we've got indications that um, this uh, protection, this immune protection, um, can last um, for several months. Which, as I said earlier, the the very the window of, of vulnerability of those young spots it's only really a few months during the summer months, and helping them out. Uh, being protected against the virus once they are deployed out on the farms for that for that critical window could just give them that chance to just go through life and then up to harvest and being um, um, harvested after two years. The um, yeah the transgenerational uh, vaccination it's more like the the blue sky component of this project and we're really excited about about, about this. Um, there's um, again. Some indication that um, to make it much more easy to implement and scale up for the for the industry um, would be to um, vaccinate pa- parents um, in the same way, like a balneation by a bath, and this immunity would be uh, transmitted to the offspring or the the young spat. Again, for a certain length of time, we don't really know that, but we will be uh, spending a lot of efforts looking at this and. It's obviously it's a very wacky um, science because we're looking at epigenetic signature of immunity and and all of these really um, really cool. Um, um, yeah. For, th- for those farmers out there who've really been impacted by this virus, let's give mm-hmm. them some reasoned kind of um, perspective on what to expect when. Um, because it's early days, what what is the process mm-hmm. from here to uh, to finding out whether it's going to work, first of all, mm-hmm. second, getting approvals, and possibly it becoming mm-hmm. available to the industry. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this this three-year project um, is, is, um, is a good balance of um, um, fundamental science where we're going to be looking at these different ways of uh, mechani- um, uh, describing the mechanisms of immunity and all of that, but also we, we're working with um, a lot of the industry and users, and we are going to um, deploy some of these oysters out on their farms in the real world and be looking at what are the trade-offs of possible the possible trade-offs of vaccinating and seeing if it's um, if it's impacting any of their growth or not. So this is uh, already um, the, the the scaling up will be um, already tested in, as part of this project. But yes, we um, we are aware that. All the regulatory approval may take a long time, and this, we're, yeah, we're looking at maybe five years down the line. Yeah. What is the prospect beyond oysters? We know we've got a really important aquaculture industry here. Mm-hmm. Uh, diseases can be caused by different things. I'm thinking of the um, the bluff oysters in there, um, Bonamia austriae, which, but that mm-hmm. is a parasite. Yes. So you've got you've got virus, you've got bacteria. Very different, um, very different treatments required. But mm-hmm. but but what is the prospect of vaccination in principle for other um, shellfish species? Yes. So um, we this is this is a concept again. We're, we're using the the Pacific oyster and the, the herpes virus as as models, and we we hope that. Or the knowledge we'll acquire will be um, transferable to to other species of commercial interest. There are obviously caveats. Um, vaccination against a parasite um, it's very challenging. There are there are indications that in Norway they've been trying to um, 
to find a vaccine, to develop a vaccine for, for the salmon um, sea life uh, with mixed results. So this is this will be a big challenge. But um, bacteria could be, um, they, they are, there's hope that there will be mitigation uh, measures and, 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 and tools that could be developed. Right, for, for a different approach. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the other question, uh, Julian, is... With changing climate, uh, we are also anticipating uh, new diseases to make their way here. Um, they do anyway, right? But but yeah. um, it's going to open the door to, to different uh, varieties of, of, of virus for um, for humans, virus and or bacteria for humans and for, for animal species. Mm-hmm. Is this part of what Cawthron is thinking? There's going to be more. Uh, it, yep. it is going to affect our, our plant and um, animal species, and, and we mm-hmm. need to try and get ahead of the game. That's right. And we are, we are yeah, we're spending a lot of, of research efforts in that space, trying to, to better understand our, our marine environment. And um, yes, as you said, as, we, as we've seen with, with COVID recently and, and other uh, pandemic. The the, the 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 waters are warming and, and this is definitely increasing the risk of spread of, of most severe diseases and um, being being better prepared uh, and having some some disease management tools in place will definitely help um, safeguard our, our industries and we've we've been looking you know at um, developing other strategies like um, selective breeding for um, yes disease resistance but also thermotolerance with mussels. So it's, it is um, a very heritable trait, like we can um, select for more tolerant to heat waves uh, muscles, for instance. So there's hope. And um, yeah, at the end, yeah, it's, it's enabling our, our aquaculture to be better adapted to this new um, climate. Yeah. Do we know how this particular virus came to New Zealand, what its source was? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, it is uh, the, the, the ponds is a, is a problem around the world. Um, it, it's affected um, stocks and, and the industries back in Europe in 2008. Um, it's in Australia. It's, it's all around the world. We don't know, and uh, but we are currently working on this on this question actually um, through a genomic analysis of our New Zealand variant and comparing that strain with other variants from around the world. And um, identifying the origin of the New Zealand variant is um, it's a it's a it's a, a very interesting space where we're working on. But yeah, we can speculate that the virus arrived in uh, New Zealand waters, likely via some other some oysters, um, possibly oysters that were attached to the hull of. Ch- of there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Julian, yeah. I think the other thing is um, there's always a sense that. We're often onto these things after the horse has bolted, um, which is not a very good analogy for aquaculture. But, you know, I'm thinking of the likes of the Kalerpa. It's a different kind of um, pest again. We know these threats are coming, and yet just listening to you, the processes of trying to come up with a workable, viable vaccine for the industry for one specific virus... um, it feels a bit daunting, doesn't it, in some ways? I know you just have to focus on your work, but mm-hmm. you know, for the industry, it must almost be on tenterhooks about what's coming next quite a bit of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is why it's really important to, um, to be better prepared for these incursions of uh, the next emerging aquatic disease, that having good surveillance systems and biosecurity processes in place. And that's 
that mitigating those risks is keeping some of my colleagues at, at Coursefront very busy. We've got a whole biosecurity team that's spending a lot of efforts in, the, in that space. But yes, I, I, I agree, it is, it is daunting. Um, but we, we're just trying to add another, another tool to the box. And, um, and, and what we're going to be learning from, from the oysters will hopefully be um, applicable to, um, to other species. Julian, thank you.